Yeah, what up, what up, what up? It's been a minute. It's been like a week. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff that's been going on in the uh, football world. So I decided to wait until Wild Card Weekend was wrapped up to get into this football news. You know what I'm saying? Well, as the world knows, you know, Nick Saban has retired from Alabama. That shit came out of nowhere. Uh, People saw the Bill Belichick news coming over in uh, New England. Uh, I didn't really see Pete Carroll's, um, let's just call it quote-unquote firing, even though he kind of transitioned into another role with Seattle as an advisor. But pretty much, like, it was like the nice way of saying, uh, homie, you fired. But uh, thank you for the Super Bowl and the two Super Bowl appearances, appearances that you gave us. But, yeah, New England, um, Bill Belichick, uh, he's out after 24 years of coaching over there. I was like, damn, they couldn't let my man's rock until, like, 25 years and then let him go. But uh, as of yesterday, he had interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons for their head coaching job. Um, They're talking about, like, you know, there's some interest in Dallas with him. But I don't really see it happening because Jerry Jones is a very meddling He's a meddling uh, owner, whether he intends it or he just, you know, it's unintentional and he just has that passion for his team. But it's just like, I don't see that really working. I don't see Bill Belichick going to Dallas just because, you know, uh, well, one, he would want to be the coach and the GM and he wouldn't want to have like fucking Jerry Jones like constantly over his shoulder which that shit would, I don't understand how any of these coaches really deal with that shit, but it is what it is. I guess when you really want a coaching job, you'll just take that, you'll take a Dallas Cowboys job because one, it'll get you, you know, on primetime games and stuff like that since they want to quote unquote be America's team and all that shit. And um, I don't know, some people just deal with that shit, but I personally couldn't deal with it. Um, You know, Nick Saban, he is out at Alabama and a lot of people were trying to say that, you know, the NIL is what pretty much like drove him out. But he was just saying, like, you know, at his age, like the grind of being a college coach and automatically, like, you know, after they lost to the Rose, uh, they lost to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Um, just to, you know, I guess like the recruiting is done, but then like you still got to do what you got to do as a head coach you know during the off season i guess like still recruiting kids for future um future classes and like trying to give kids your word because your kids want to know you know are you going to stay for like the next are you going to be there for the next four or five years and at his age he's just like yo i can't really guarantee these kids that i'm going to be here you know uh not for the lack of love for the game but it's just like age is catching up with him and he's i guess like in a in the long term or the short term he's probably just getting burnt out you know so washington's coach well washington's former coach now um <clears throat> coach DeBoer, he is taking over as why um as yeah kaylin DeBoer, he's taking over as alabama's new head coach we'll see how this works um just one he's replacing a legend and two you know he's fresh off of that national championship appearance against michigan um this season you know they fell short but 
as far as I know, he's he's been a pretty good recruiter. So, you know, the name Alabama still holds weight in the uh, in the college football world. And you know, I hope that Alabama comes comes down, you know, to to the rest of us <laughs> as they have in the past few years. But now, you know, what you call it, uh, Georgia is probably going to try to take a stranglehold of the SEC. So we'll see what happens with them for Kirby Smart, because Kirby Smart is a direct disciple of Nick Saban. So we'll see if uh, Saban's disciple can hold on his influence into the game, even though I guess Kirby Smart could be considered like the remix or whatever. Um, He doesn't have like the he's starting to get his championships. You know what I'm saying? Like that uh, because he got like two within like the past, I think, four years. But pretty much, yeah, um, uh, we're just trying to see if Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan after he won the national championship finally at Michigan. And um, he had an interview with the L.A. Chargers yesterday, so he hasn't signed yet. So we don't know if he's going to come back to Michigan or, you know, um, J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum are going from Michigan. Uh, Mikey Sanrasil is gone. Um we we lost a lot of key pieces, but you know, hopefully we got those youngins that are reload. And I don't know if we're gonna make a back-to-back title run, but uh, it, it should be a, a really good, talented team uh, next year with some young guns. Um, got uh, what was it Alex Orgy? Uh, he's going to be a, I guess like the front runner um, to be the starting quarterback. Uh, Shy Tuttle. And there's a uh, one more. We just uh, signed Jaden Davis as a freshman, so I mean he could be in the mix. Maybe he'll he'll uh, you know I guess like maybe he could possibly win the starting job. But I think it could be Alex Orgy's uh, job just to to lose. You know what I'm saying? So um, Donovan Edwards is actually coming back from Michigan, which. Uh, I was like, yeah, like he should just because one, he'll be like the feature back finally and he can show what he could do, um, you know, this upcoming season, like this upcoming season, we're going to have USC, we're going to have Washington, we're going to have Texas uh, on the schedule, uh, Oregon, and of course, Ohio State and then the other Big Ten schools. So it's going to be an interesting year defending the title uh, for Michigan next year. And we basically have like two big power conferences and it's just like everybody else because the the SEC is a super conference. The Big Ten is now a super conference. Uh, Nobody's really scared of the ACC. Uh, They had Clemson, but Clemson has fallen on hard times. Uh, Florida State was really good this year until their quarterback went down and they got left out of the college football playoff. But the college football playoff does expand to 12 teams now uh, this upcoming year. So we're going to see how that uh, how that works out. And if there's uh, any pandemonium or any chaos, which I love chaos in sports, you know, even with the NCAA tournament, really, it's like 65 teams. Anything can happen, really. And it's a lot of more parity in college basketball now. So anybody can uh, anybody can go down at any given time. Hopefully they can bring that to a 12-man college football playoff in the NCAA. So uh, next season is really going to be 
you know, pretty much uh, going to be exciting, man. It's going to be exciting. Um, let's see. Uh, switching to the NFL playoffs uh, over the weekend. Um, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys lost. I uh, love to see that shit. Um, they were upset by the Green Bay Packers. Nobody really seen the uh, nobody foresaw the Packers really going into Dallas because Dallas has been undefeated at home. I think for the past two years, really, like they've been really, really good at home. Um, they their problem is like they can't really win on the road. They struggle when they go on the road for whatever reason. Like, I have no clue why, but you know, Dak and them like they struggle on the road, but. A lot of people figured, okay, uh, Green Bay, they made a strong push to make the playoffs, and this is going to be their season. Uh, pretty much like their season is going to be done, but nope. They went into Dallas and pretty much like put a stranglehold on on the game within the first three quarters. And Dallas, uh, they did some window dressing in the fourth quarter to make the score a little bit closer, but they pretty much got whooped. So, um, you know, Green Bay beat Dallas uh, 48 to 32 uh, in the wild card round. Uh, the first game that actually kicked off the wild card round was the Texans and the Browns. I really didn't expect the Texans to get jiggy on the Browns, but like they beat the shit out them boys 45 to 14. Yo, CJ Stroud was out here balling. Nico Collins of Michigan alumni, go blue, was out there balling. The only thing that they was missing was Tank Dell. Yeah, I really wish Tank Dell was out there. They probably would have put 60 up on them boys <laughs> if Tank Dell was there. But yeah, like Houston looked really, really fucking good. They looked really good. Joe Flacco, you know, salute to that man. He came off the couch, um, helped lead, you know, Cleveland Browns to the playoffs because Cleveland had like four quarterbacks play for them this year, either four or five. They had Deshaun Watson, aka the nasty man. Um, what was it? PJ Walker. Um, the rookie that they had, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I believe. And there's another quarterback. Uh, I forgot who it was. But pretty much Joe Flacco was the one. Oh, and they lost Nick Chubb week two of this season. And they still made the playoffs at 11-6. So that was like a really good fucking coaching. Um, that was a really good coaching performance by their coach, Kevin Stefanski. I, the hat's off because I don't know. After Nick Chubb went down, I was like, I don't, I don't know how the fuck these niggas going to make the playoffs. But, I mean, their defense was really fucking good this year. Uh, if their offense, like, really, I guess, was healthy and clicking on all cylinders, then they they, they would have been, like, a strong Super Bowl contender. But uh, still came in second in the, uh, in the AFC North to the Baltimore Ravens, made the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, they got the shit kicked out of them uh, in the wild card round. Um, let's see, Kansas City beat, uh, oh yeah, the final score of Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans game was Houston 45, Cleveland 14. Um, let's see, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they beat the Miami Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins would put up some type of fight, but you know, it was like negative fucking seven degrees. And then with the wind field, uh, what's a wind field? With the wind chill factor, it was like negative 21 degrees or some shit. It was too cold for Miami, um, and the Chiefs were just too damn physical. And Rasheed Wallace, I said Rasheed Wallace, Rasheed Rice, <laughs> he had eight receptions for 130 yards and one touchdown. Patrick Mahomes had 
262 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco uh, running out there running hard with 24 carries, 89 yards and a touchdown. Um, pretty much Kansas City, uh, their defense manhandled uh, Miami, and it was like nice and physical with them. Um, it was like the one fucking jam that the uh, the Darius Sneed had on Tyreek Hill. Like yo, he <laughs> even Tyreek Hill after the game, he was like uh, he jammed my ass the uh, the Cancun. Like that shit was funny as hell. Like even he had to acknowledge like that was a really good fucking jam. But um yeah, the Chiefs just dominated the the Dolphins, which kept up the narrative that they can't beat any of the good teams. Uh, that they face within like the past two years like you know they look good when they play teams that are below 500 but when they play a team above 500 uh they're usually going to lose the only team that the dolphins beat this year that had a uh over uh, a record over 500 was the dallas cowboys and that was the teams that was a battle of teams that couldn't beat teams over 500 <laughs> but uh i think dallas yeah, they actually beat us and they beat the Lions. They beat the Eagles and they beat the Lions who were over 500. So, and they beat the Lions um, on a controversial call. Um, but the, you know, did the lineman check in or not? Um, which he clearly did check in and called it a touchdown, but the refs cheated and the Lions lost that game. But, um, so pretty much, uh, yeah. So the Chiefs beat the Dolphins 26 to 7. Uh, then we go over to the Detroit Lions and the LA Rams. That was actually like probably the best game of wildcard weekend because it was the closest game. Um, the Lions actually ended up getting their first win since 1992 at home. Uh, well, the first playoff win since 1991. I'm sorry. Um, they beat. The LA Rams 24 to 23. Uh, Matthew Stafford actually had a he had a hell of a game coming back to Detroit. Um, you know, because he him and Jared Goff were traded for each other. So pretty much they will ever be for uh they will forever be linked and um you know their legacies and stuff like that. But Jared Goff came out with the win with the one point win. Matthew Stafford went crazy. This nigga had 367 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Kyron Williams for the Rams. He had 13 carries, 61 yards. Puka Nakua, that man went crazy, and he's only a rookie. Um, he single-handedly almost beat the damn Lions himself. Um, he had nine receptions, 181 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Jared Goff, you know, he was 22 for 27, 277 yards, um, and a touchdown. He was sacked three times. David Montgomery, uh, he ran for 14 yards, I mean, 14 carries, 57 yards. Jameer Gibbs had eight carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, let's see. I'm on, I'm on Ross. St. Brown had seven receptions for 110 for Detroit. No touchdowns, but his longest catch was 30. And Josh Reynolds was actually getting jiggy with it in the first half. He had like five catches. Well, he finished with five catches for 80 yards, but that shit looked personal. <laughs> like with him, because he was uh, also, you know, traded. Well, he was, uh, I think he was involved in the trade for Jared Goff. Well, uh, for uh, Matthew Stafford, like Jared Goff and um, 
Josh Reynolds, I believe, were in the trade for Matt Stafford. Well, uh, Josh Reynolds, I know for sure Jared Goff was. But yeah, um, yo, when I tell you that playoff, that that playoff uh, win meant something to the city of Detroit, like there was people in the stands crying that they won a wild card round, like a wild card game. It wasn't the Super Bowl. It wasn't the NFC Championship game where you go to the Super Bowl. It was a playoff game, a wild card round. I've never seen anybody cry that their team won, you know, a fucking wild card round. So that's how much that shit meant to the city of Detroit and how starved they were for a playoff win. I mean, hats off to those fans. Everything that they endured for like over the past 30 years. Uh, Then yesterday... Um, the wild card round actually wrapped up. First, you had the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It looked like the Bills were about to, you know, run away with the game because they were up twenty-one nothing real quick. When the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers kind of battled back. They won. They got a two-way twenty-four seventeen game at one point, um, but then their bad tackling caught up with them, and uh, Buffalo scored. Yeah, they scored uh, actually a field goal in the third quarter, but uh, it was uh, Khalil Shakir's uh, his 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 uh, touchdown in the fourth, which pretty much like put the game away. Um, and Pittsburgh actually ended up losing the Buffalo thirty-one seventeen. Um, Mason Rudolph actually had a decent game. Uh, he did throw an interception in the end zone, uh, which did not help. And I believe it was Stephon Diggs. Uh, he fumbled in the first quarter, which helped uh, Buffalo, you know, jump out to a 14-point lead. And I was like, damn, like nothing's going right for them. But they 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 battled back and they made it a close game. But like I said, Khalil Shakir, like he pretty much like put the game out of reach with his touchdown. And then we get to my Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um Technically, you know, Tampa Bay hosted the game, even though we had a better record because they won the uh, they won the NFC South. So we didn't win the AFC. Uh, we didn't win the NFC East, which that was our fault because they lost like six out of the last seven games or whatever um, to end the season. But uh, yeah, Tampa Bay they gave it to my Eagles, thirty-two to nine, and. <laughs> The Eagles, for the most part, like, they were just fucking physically dominated that game. It looked like niggas wasn't even mentally there. Uh, Baker Mayfield was dotting us up all fucking night. He was 22 for 36 for 337 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, We were able to sack him four times, but that shit didn't mean nothing because our fucking secondary uh, couldn't tackle these niggas for shit. Couldn't tackle these motherfuckers for shit, dog. Like, shit was fucking horrible. Uh, Rashad White ran, uh, he had 18 carries for 72 yards. Um, this is prime example. DeAndre Swift, he only had 10 fucking carries, 34 yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts was 25 for 35, uh, 250 yards. He threw a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Smith was pretty much like the highlight of our offense. He had eight catches for 148 yards uh, off of 12 targets. So pretty much, yeah, defense softened the baby shit. <laughs> and 
these motherfuckers couldn't tackle a goddamn thing. So, yeah, uh, Tampa Bay really, really took it to us, and niggas look really, really soft out there. So, there's a lot of Eagles fans that's calling for uh, Nick Seriani's job. Actually, they went to, like, the whole fucking coaching staff fired. Um, I'm all for it if we actually have a better alternative, you know, to replace Nick Seriani. Um, Brian Johnson, like, he definitely got to go because our offense has been stagnated like pretty much all season like niggas is running a whole bunch of like quarterback runs and fucking RPO nah, nah, not even RPOs like uh, fucking ball screens and shit like that like nigga like <laughs> run the motherfucking ball like we have DeAndre Swift like he's uh, he was an under uh, underutilized back like the whole fucking season and it's like frustrating that even if we're up, like we're still throwing the ball. Like nigga, run the motherfucking ball. Give give DeAndre Swift the ball. But they really didn't do that. So it is what it is. Uh word was like players were getting frustrated with the coaching. Um and it just looks like Nick Sirianni kind of lost the locker room. Even after going to the Super Bowl and uh losing that shit last year. I don't know, maybe they lost confidence in him or something like that. Like I don't I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but uh Harry Roseman needs to get this shit fixed. Um so there's people calling for Harry Harry Roseman's job too. So that but that's just how Eagle fans are. Like niggas get frustrated, then they want everybody fucking fired. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, as the offseason continues or definitely after you know after the Super Bowl and everything like that there's going to be a long offseason so we'll see who survives you know uh, the firings and stuff like that if people get to keep their job or if Brian Johnson gets hired by like the Panthers or the Tennessee Titans get this nigga the fuck up out of here either or fire this nigga or someone hire this nigga so he can get the fuck up out of here we can just go get another offensive coordinator someone who will actually run the ball and then play to Jalen Hurst's strengths like this Ryan Johnson did not play to this man's strengths whatsoever Shane Steichen took his magic playbook to Indianapolis and this man almost made the playoffs with like three quarterbacks after like Anthony Richardson went down then this nigga had he literally had to finish the season with like Gardner Menchu Gardner Menchu shows continuously that he is a backup quarterback he's not a franchise quarterback he's not a starter because he he eventually makes stupid ass decisions and he throws stupid interceptions so it's like if Anthony Richardson can actually stay healthy next season the Colts will make the playoffs like you can guarantee that you can quote me on that Colts will make the playoffs um because like pretty much like there's two good young quarterbacks in the AFC South CJ Stroud is one of them Anthony Richardson is going to be the other one he just has to stay healthy you know but uh and then Jonathan Gannon um as much as I didn't like his ass because he didn't fucking blitz enough and he didn't make defensive adjustments in the second half um the defense took booty cheeks after that nigga left. But then we also didn't re-sign Kaiser White or TJ Edwards, who actually had really great years with their teams in Arizona and Chicago. And um, I don't know what the fuck happened with CJ. Uh, was it CJ uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson? 
he went to we noticeably missed him uh after he left and he went to detroit detroit secondary played way better their defense played way better this year and our defense fell off so <laughs> yeah so this is kind of on howie roseman too why our defense fell off and everything like that but this shit is kind of fucking frustrating you know what i'm saying but I, I, I was kind of glad. I was glad that we actually lost and Tampa Bay put us out of our misery because that's just going to be another week if we had one of delusional Eagles fans like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, nah, nah, we're not that we're not that good. For the past two months, they've been playing like ass. <laughs> they've been playing like shit. And I'm glad Tampa Bay put them out of uh, out of their misery. You know what I'm saying? So this upcoming week... Uh, for the NFL playoffs, we have the final eight teams. So, because of, well, this is what the playoff um, schedule will be this weekend. Uh, Green Bay goes to San Francisco to play the 49ers, who had, you know, a bye week as the number one seed. Tampa Bay goes on to play Detroit. Um, so, the Tampa Bay. Uh, Detroit game is actually going to be on Sunday at 3 on NBC. Uh, the Green Bay-San Francisco game is actually the late game on Saturday at 8.15 on Fox. Um, and then Houston plays the Baltimore Ravens, who is the number one seed over in the AFC side. They had the bye week, um, so Houston travels to Baltimore. There's going to be a battle of uh, two black young uh well, a rising young black quarterback in C.J. Stroud and a former MVP and who's probably going to win the MVP again this year, Lamar Jackson. So that should be a really good game, hopefully. Um, and then that's on Saturday at 4.30. Kansas City uh, goes to Buffalo. This is the first road game, well, the first road playoff game of Patrick Mahomes' uh, career since he started took over as starting quarterback so that game is sunday at 6 30 on cbs so let's see if um josh allen can beat patrick mahomes for the third straight time but this time it's when the you know the stakes actually matter um because that, that's knock on josh allen josh allen he you know he'll he'll get you to the playoffs and then he'll choke and he'll eventually choke in the playoffs so <laughs> let's see what happens People talk about putting respect on Josh Allen's name. Nigga, this is where the respect is earned. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And the Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, if you could beat that man in Buffalo, you know, that's when you, you get more respect put on your name and everything like that. Like, ain't just going to put respect on your name just because you're a good regular season quarterback. You know what I'm saying? The playoffs is where the legends are born. And right now, you know, kind of lacking right now, Josh Allen. So let's see what you could do with this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much the football news right now. Actually, that's going to be the episode of this. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah I'm finished with this episode uh, for uh, Fumbling at the Goal Line today. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost forgot. Um actually yesterday um after the after well, well okay so one after pittsburgh lost uh tomlin tells the steelers he'll be back to coach in 2024 i don't think mike tomlin was going anywhere it would that was on 
the Steelers whether or not they wanted to fire him or not. You know what I'm saying? But he's had a winning season every single year as a coach. And I mean, there's really no reason to fire him. Uh, if you if if you're Pittsburgh, uh, he just needs he, he's a good quarterback away. Like he's got to find a good quarterback in this draft in order to get Pittsburgh back to, you know, contender status. Kenny Pickett is not going. He's not going to cut it. Mason Rudolph or uh, Mitch Trubisky. None of them niggas are good enough to win the Super Bowl with Pittsburgh. Uh, they got to get healthy again. And then Pittsburgh needs they need another consistent wide receiver to go with George Pickens because Deontay, George, uh, Deontay Johnson is not that guy. He's not that guy. He showed flashes of being that guy, but he's not that guy. Um, so, yeah. And then Jason Kelsey actually told his team, well, well, uh, reportedly he told the team in the locker room in Tampa Bay that, you know, last night's game was his last game. He's retiring. So salute to Jason Kelsey, one of my favorite Eagles of all time. You know what I'm saying? Arguably the best center uh, to ever play the game. And he just did things the right way. And he had the epic Super Bowl speech when we won the Super Bowl in 2017. Um, I was at the parade and I was like one of the best moments of my life. So if the Eagles win another Super Bowl, goddamn right, I'll be at the parade again. Um, it's going to have to be next year, though. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. That, all right. So this is going to be the wrap up of my uh, of this episode for uh, Fumbling at the Goal Line. And I'd like to thank everybody who is tuned in, everybody who's listening. Uh, this is like episode, uh, I believe, three, I think. <laughs> I forgot. But thank you for everybody who is listening and tell your friends, you know, check it out and I will be back soon. All right. Everybody be safe out there and peace. <laughs>